Hey, this is Pastor Rick. Welcome to On Demand, one of my favorite places to be because the Word of God is in your hand. You can use it when you want to. Link it and share it and send it to a friend. Today, we talk about stagnant thinking. We continue our study. I believe that your life can get stuck. It's like water, you know, just staying there, right in one spot. Can't move. In our graphic, we have a girl standing on a rock looking out over some stagnant water. That's how we portrayed this series in our graphics, and we want you to think about that. Are you a stagnant person? who's just looking at the water, you're not moving, no progress in your finances, your life, your health, your marriage, nothing in your thinking. You're just as depressed as you were last year, last month. Listen, it's time to change. And it starts with you saying, okay, let me diversify. Let me change and broaden my world. The Bible says I can do all things, Paul said, through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. I can, I can do, and I can, my friend, watch this now, change, diversify. Have you changed lately? This study will challenge you. Don't leave. Stay right there. We're going to help you today. Broaden your life so you can do all the things that God wants you to do and that you need to do to make your life better. Stay right there. Enjoy today's message. I'll be back and pray for you at the end. Hey, it's Pastor Rick. Glad to have you back with us today. I want to take you on a journey and I want to talk about two words, stagnant thinking. I want to talk about two words. I want you to just think with me about those words. I'm going to show you in Scripture an incredible example of stagnant thinking. We've been in a study uh, this month where I answered a question, how do you improve your thinking? And the reason for the question is because it's my question for the year, which is how do you protect your future? Well, you protect your future by improving your thinking. And there are certain ways you improve your thinking. The first thing you do is you make sure that you're a person who is not living in a stagnant place. It's so easy to get stagnant. It's so easy to get lost in that one place and never move. You're like stagnant water and you can't seem to advance. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 is a verse that I've been using this month as a launching pad for this concept. Here's what it says. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. The whole idea of being a determined person. I can. Secondly, saying that I can Focus, I can do. This is a person who is dedicated. You're clear about what you're doing and not doing. Paul says, I can, I can do. Then he says, thirdly, I can do all things. I'm not just a person that just does anything. I can be diversified. I can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And that's what I want to focus on today. Sometimes in life, you're stuck in a place that you've always been. So I want to ask you, are you there today? Are you the kind of person who is just doing what you've always done and you're not opening your heart to new horizons. What I want to do today is push you out of your comfort zone. I want to push you out of the place you feel safe. I want you to think about for, for a moment how you can change everything in your life if you're willing to, to try. Now, I want to tell you, I am pushed all the time out of a comfort zone. This can be a comfort zone. And if you're watching me online right now, okay, if you're in one of those, on those devices, send some emojis up if that's where you are. If you say, yeah, Pastor, I am feeling it. I am feeling it uncomfortable. Just type in, your, in the chat. Say, I'm uncomfortable with. Put in there. I'm uncomfortable with money, my new job. I'm uncomfortable with. So don't type marriage if your wife or your husband is around. <laughs> but type something in there. Put some love up. There's something about saying, I get it, Pastor Rick. I hear you. I hear you. I am stuck and I don't know how to get unstuck. Well, I believe it starts with saying, I can do, Philippians 4.13, all things through Christ. I can change. 
my commitment to Christ can lead me to a place of, of diversity and change. And that's my dream in my life. Acts chapter 10, verse 9 is where we will read a text where God did this in Peter's life. Peter was stuck in one place, stagnant, could not see God moving beyond the Jewish community. He couldn't see God touching lives beyond those he grew up around. But in Acts chapter 10, listen to this conversation. It's a fantastic moment where you watch God move in from stagnant thinking to broad thinking. Watch this, Acts 10 and 9. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Now I want to stop there and say this. Peter is over here and Joppa and God is dealing with him. Then you have guys over here in another part of the country and God's dealing with them. Everybody is sitting around and everybody is being dealt with by God differently. And the goal of this moment in Acts chapter 10 is God's trying to say, let me help you, Peter, be different. Let me help you be a different guy. I want you to be clear. I want to make sure I got this right because it's a powerful text and it's an incredible uh, principle that I don't want you to miss. It's in Acts chapter 10, so let me turn there for a minute. And I want to start at verse 1. It says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man who feared God with all of his household, and he gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming to him, saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come as a memorial before God. So send men to Joppa. That's where Peter is, by the way. So God's dealing with this soldier guy, Cornelius, and God's dealing with Peter, you're going to see in a minute, at the same time. Now, what's happening is there is this moment where God's trying to broaden both guys. They're stuck. Cornelius is stuck and Peter is stuck. And he's trying to diversify their life, trying to broaden their life. And that's exactly what some of us need. And so watch as God guides back to where we started in Acts chapter 10, verse 9. It said, at noon the following day, they were on their journey and approaching the city. Who was that? Well, these are guys who are Cornelius' servants. They've been talking to God, talking to um, God and Cornelius. And Cornelius has got this revelation that there's this guy named Peter that can help him broaden his life. So he sends his servants to go talk to Peter. So while they're on the way to talk to Peter, God is dealing with Peter because he's trying to get Peter ready for change. Now, I want you to notice this for a minute. Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, the first seven, eight verses, we see God saying, OK, I got to get you ready. I've got to get you to see something that you don't see. And I got to get you connected to this guy over here, Peter, who doesn't see what he needs to see. So I've got to broaden him. And I got to broaden you. And so while they're on the way to see Peter, God's already dealt with, with Cornelius. Cornelius' servants are clear. Go meet this guy named Peter. That's what God had put in his heart. Go meet this guy. And when you get there, I'll have him ready. Now, there's a lot in this. Don't miss it. There are times God wants to do something in your life to broaden your life, but he has to prepare everybody that's going to be involved in it. So some of you right now, for example, you're praying for an opportunity, but God is working on that opportunity. He's working on the Cornelius that you need in your life. And sometimes you want God to do something, but he's working on the Peter. In other words, you can't have it right now because it's not ready yet. It's kind of like something cooking in the oven. And so you have to learn how to wait 
and I've learned this in my life, wait for the, for the recipe to come together. Wait for the oven to say finished. Sometimes you get your man before God finishes working on him. You get him raw and he ain't right. Sometimes you get your woman before God's ready for him. So Peter, Cornelius, God's moving, trying to diversify their life because he wants them to preserve, be preserved. But the problem is they're thinking. Cornelius wasn't thinking right. He, well, put it this way. He was thinking the best he could where he was. He was generous. He gave alms to the poor. He helped people. He was a generous guy. Peter was doing the best he could. He had his religious traditions. He was, you know, sacrificing, not eating foods he wasn't supposed to eat. Everybody was doing their best, but they still did not have the right thought process in place. Let me say it again. They still didn't have the right thought process in place. So when you get to Acts chapter 10, where we are in verse 9, you see it coming together. Look at verse 9 one more time. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the rooftop to pray. He, Peter, became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. And it contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Here's what Peter said. This is important. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never, ever eaten anything impure or unclean. Now I want you to watch this. Peter is talking to God, having this dream that he would eat the stuff that came down the sheet. Peter said, I don't eat that stuff. That's not what I do. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. On the other side, these guys are about to knock on Peter's door that God sent. He's trying to get Peter to see something. So here's what happens. Peter comes out of the trance. He goes to the door. You can read it on your own in Acts chapter 10. And he sees these Gentiles, these impure people that he never fellowships with, right, standing at the door. And God immediately, as these guys talk to Peter about what God has done in, in their master's heart, Cornelius, he then starts to see, oh, oh, this is what God was trying to get me to see. So let me translate it for you for a minute. If you are a person, excuse me for using this illustration, you are basically all around, okay, um, white people. That's all you hang around. You don't have any black friends. You might have one or two, but you don't have any black friends. So all of a sudden, no, you don't have any Hispanic friends. You don't have anybody that's not white. Everybody in your world is white. Everybody, nothing wrong with that. You're white, you're white. Okay, embrace that. Put your arm around it because that's like I told you, God made you what you are. All right, now, here we go. Now watch this. If you're a black person, like I was, oh, I am, I ain't changed, I was. What do I mean by that? I is black. Okay, watch this. So if you're black, like me, you grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, you go to the store, black people, you go to the grocery store, black people, your neighborhood's black, everything's black. No, no, very few white people. You see a white person, go, hey, he's a white person. I mean, you just know, now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God, like he did in my life, said, I need to diversify Ricky's life. I need to diversify his life. So God's dealing with me, and then God dealt with some white people on the other side and said, okay, I want you white people to get ready for Ricky, and I want Ricky to get ready for the white people. So everybody's going to get ready for everybody, so we're going to meet. That's what's happening here. Think about it with me. That's what's happening here. Peter opens the door. Oh, black person. Woo, wow. Haven't had one of those in the neighborhood in a while. He opens the door, and it's black people, right? 
and you have, you see, the black person going to the white guy's house and he's going, oh, you want me to go to the white guy's house? Never been there before. Never been to Joppa with the white people. Never, you know what I'm saying? So you got the Jew and Gentile. Same, same issue, though. You got Jew and Gentile. You got the same tension. You got the same historical stuff. All that. But God's trying to diversify both of their lives. He is. You know, I, I hear a question. Pastor Rick Temple, what do you think about interracial, I mean, you know, churches that are like non-denominational and, and, you know, they just, all the races are mixed together. What do you think about that? I think it's cool when it can work. But most of the time, most of the time, people's culture gets in the way. Because there's a certain way you sing in one culture, a certain way you sing in another culture. You know what I'm saying? So God's not trying to make you be somebody else. One of the problems with, with mingling and fellowshipping is you, you have a hard time accepting each other. You have a hard time in marriage. It's really hard when you, you're trying to, you know, fellowship and you're just not used to what they do and how they think. And there were all kinds of differences between Peter and Cornelius. But God was determined to say, I don't care how uncomfortable you feel. You need to diversify. You need, you need to broaden your life. In order for me to get you to the place I want you to be, you cannot just do it this way. And you must be determined and dedicated to what I'm saying. You can do all that I'm trying to get you to do. You can, you can love white people. You can love black people. You can get past what happened. Yes, you can. You can. I can do all things through Christ. That's, that's the point of this whole message. And if you're stagnant in your thinking, like we tend to be in our politics today, you're stagnant and you don't get past the differences. If you can't get past what's not like the person you look like in the mirror, if you can't get past your own image and you start idolizing your culture and your image and you think that everybody should be like me, then you've missed the point. And I want to say this to you. You can pray all day long. But if you're not willing to, be, to open your heart to this kind of process, you are limited. You're like stagnant water. You can't go anywhere. What God had to do, though, was adjust Peter's definition of unclean. There's a statement, he said. Peter says in verse 14, he says, I've never eaten anything pure, impure, unclean. God later on in the text says, call nothing I've made common or unclean. Don't you dare brand a white person and all white people. Don't brand all, all black people. Don't brand all Hispanic people. Don't, don't brand all Iranians, all Russians. Don't blame everybody. Don't brand everybody. See, the problem is, if you're not careful, you, you start to worship who you look like in the mirror. You become the graven image. No, make unto me no graven image. You become the image. I have to be careful that I don't worship blackness and that you don't worship whiteness and that I don't worship being a Hispanic or that I don't worship being a European and that I don't worship being an Iranian, that I don't worship being... See, one of the things that's really sad is you really don't think, you know, don't see how frustrating it is for God to try to get you someplace, but you won't diversify. You won't change. You won't broaden. You won't consider a broader way to look at things. Well, let me give you some things to think about. Four things, that, five things that I think were interesting in the study that, that might help you. And I'm going to read one final verse to you. Peter was, being, Peter was being asked to travel outside of his scriptural, religious, and cultural comfort zone. Peter had scripture. 
Peter had all kinds of reasons he couldn't eat certain things. Peter had all kinds of reasons he couldn't hang with these people. Peter had been told, be careful, they'll turn your heart from God. He had all kinds of scriptural, religious, and cultural things that would have stopped him. But God was saying, you have misinterpreted my heart. I, I wanted you to stay away from what was bad, but I don't want you to brand all Gentile people this way, Peter. And sometimes as religious people, we almost do that. You know, we, we brand, we, 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 I call it broad brushing. We swing the brush so wide that everybody looks impure to us. If you don't go to my church, and there are denominations that say this, if you don't go to our church, you're lost. What is that about? You idolizing your church? You're making that, I'm not saying, I'm not saying there's, there's no truth. I'm saying that I believe in that. But I'm saying if you're not careful, you become the standard for everybody. Secondly, could God call you to a ministry to all fill in the blanks? All Russians. That's a hot topic. How about all Ukrainians? How about all Iranians? How about all white people, all black people? Can God call you to serve just those kinds of people and not like you? Thirdly, where is God prohibited from talking to you? What areas are you not willing to talk about? See, Peter says, I, I, don't, I don't eat that stuff. And God says, no, I'm going to bring it to you. I want you to think about this, Peter. I don't deal with those people. And so God had to tell Peter, no, I want you, I want, I'm going to bring it up. I want, you to, I want you to pause for a minute and realize you're prohibiting me. You're saying you're not going to do this. It's an amazing thing. Fourthly, will the people around you allow you to diversify? Sometimes you want to change. You want to broaden your world, but you're around people that won't let you. They will not allow you. They'll, they will cut off your relationship if you try to diversify and be different. There's men that are so hostile to women. They're pastors that are so hostile to women. If they, they, they just, if you talk about a woman preacher or anything like that, they just cut you off. They believe that they have some inherent spiritual right to just live in stagnant, a stagnant place, no matter what God shows them. And number five, watch this. Can you see the linkage between your ability to diversify and reaching the world? Can you see the linkage between your ability to diversify and reaching the world? Here's what I believe is true. I hear a lot of, a lot of churches say, I want to reach young people. I don't believe you. I don't believe you because you won't diversify. You won't change. The way you do services, you're too long. The sermons are too long. There's no clarity. People are, young people don't want to be in there. It's too long. And you don't, you, you don't spend any time with young people anyway. You just want to make them old young people. And so the question is, can you see the linkage between your ability to diversify and change and reaching the world? Sometimes you, you can't. All you can see is what you see. But I want to show you Matthew 28, verse 16. I want you to listen to this conversation as I close that I think is fascinating. Because Jesus was big on diversity. He was big on inclusion. He was big on reaching out to people. Big on all of that. There's a holy standard. I'm not at all saying there's not. There are certain things that God does not support. That's not on today's agenda, but I want you to hear me. I do believe in boundaries. But let's be clear. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Think about this for a minute. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, that's what he said to them, listen, listen, listen to this challenge, go and make disciples of all nations. Diversify. 
Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do it publicly. I want the people to see that you are a person committed to diversity and difference. Now, there are four things I want you to see, four or five things here. Number one, Jesus was clear, number one, Jesus was clear about creating this atmosphere. He says, I want you guys to go stand on this mountain. Atmosphere. I want you to look around you. You're on a mountain. See, I'm trying to get you to elevate your thinking. I want you to get up on this mountain. And he says, now I want you to think about what I've said to you. And the Bible says in verse 17, they saw him and they worshiped him. So watch this, though. But some doubted. So here you have Jesus getting ready to make the most important announcement of all time. Trying to get everybody to broaden their view, takes them to this great mountain, stands them up. Says, all right, guys, I'm about to tell you something. Big shout, big news. Some of the people are excited. They're worshiping. They're happy. And then this is, this is just before he leaves. And the Bible says some in the middle of all of that still doubt it. Here's what I believe is true. Some people will never change. They'll never diversify. They'll never broaden their minds. They see it the way they see it, and that's it. That's really hard when it's your children. It's really hard when it's people you love. You see them going down paths, and you can't stop them. There are things that they feel and see. It's the way they, what they feel and what they see. And so in the midst of this great announcement, the great commission that's about to be given, people are still doubting. And that will always be true. And you can't, you, you, you can't control that. Here's what Jesus said. First of all, I've got all authority. All authority in heaven and earth, verse 18, has been given to me. Matthew 28, 18. I am in charge. I don't care what it looks like. I'm in charge. Secondly, he says, be clear about your assignment. I want you to be clear who's in charge and what you've been assigned to do. Go and make disciples. Now, what's really important about that is that's harder than having church. And then he says, go make disciples of all nations. So let me say it again. It's easy to have church. You sing, you dance, you have an offering, you move around, you wear fancy clothes, you look good. That's easy. The hard work is discipling people. One-on-one, -on -one, how are you, what's your name, how you doing? That's hard work. Discipling people is not just up here preaching. That's one form of discipling people. But the real under-your-nails, dirty grit work Happens one-on-one. -on -one. And so small groups, intimate contacts, people who can explain the Bible to you slowly, people that can interact with you, people who know your kids, your family. Jesus discipled the 12. He knew their family, their kids. The, the way we have portrayed ministry today is very narrow. And God's saying you need to diversify, guys. It's not going to be just public church services. That's not discipling people. Thirdly, Jesus was clear about his desire for them to diversify. He said, go and make disciples. Today we think, go and build a building, get a church building. No, Jesus said, go and make disciples. We think about filling seats. Jesus said, do it with all nations. This is so important. I want you to reach every ethnic group. That's what it means. Every ethnos, every ethnos, every ethnic group all nations. I want you to reach everybody. I don't care who they are, what they look like. I want you to reach everybody. That's what I want you to do. Now, that's what he called us to do. The question is, are you doing that? Are you just basically going to church every day, listen to the word? You're really devoted to that. I mean, man, hey, whoa, you, you don't miss your daily devotions now. Oh, boy. 
Man, you, you are a prayer. You're a warrior in prayer, right? Intercessor. But in terms of discipling people, helping people, reaching beyond your comfort zone, none of that. N none of that. You can't even miss a Sunday. You can't even miss a moment. You can't even spend time with your cousin who needs Jesus. You're trying to reach the world and your whole family is messed up. There's a moment in life when you need to pause and say, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm kind of missing the big message here. And the Lord's trying. Have you, can you go back in your mind and remember a season when you could not hear God? How long was that? How long were you on drugs? How long were you drugging and partying? How long, man, some of you still doing it, right? I know. But, but how long, how long did it take God to reach you in certain areas of your life? When it comes to giving, has God reached you yet on that? You know, you're still not giving anything? You're kind of holding all your money to yourself? Not much of a giver, you're much of a taker and a haver. You like to have and take but not give and sow. And your, your, your money is not a, you're not a channel of blessing to others. What, what hungry kids are being fed around the world because of you right now? You, you, you big on complaining about what's going on in the world. Well, what did you do with your money? Name me somebody that would testify about your genera generosity, not your children, by the way. That's cheating. I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about people outside your family who would say, because of them, I have clothing. Because of them, I have shoes. Because of them. I have, I was, my medical care was taken care of because of them. I went to school because of them. And, and they're not related to you. So here's my point. Change. Change the way you think. I can. Yes, you can. Do all things. You need to get to the all things part of your life. Jesus is waiting on you. You say you're devoted to him. I'm going to talk about that next week. You say you're devoted to Jesus but you don't think like Jesus. The things that hurt the heart of Jesus doesn't hurt your heart. The things that God cares about, you don't care about. Know how I know that? Because you're not doing anything. Show them what you're doing. Show them what you're doing. Gave money in church, that's good. Okay, beyond that, what did you do? You put some money in an envelope, put it in, there you go. Praise God, that's good. You don't even know what the church did with the money. You just gave an offering, okay? You gave tithes or whatever you did, but you're not tracking what you're doing. Show me the do. And they say, show me the money. Show me the do. Show me the do. The things that says you are worth following, believing. Church, show me you deserve to have your doors open. What are you doing? Man, get this right in your mind. Until you get this in your mind right and you start thinking that this is church and this is what we're doing and this is all this is about. Come on, give me some emojis. Give me some love if I'm telling the truth out there if you're hearing me. Come on, type in, type in, preach it, pastor. Come on, say it, because I'm telling you the truth. This is a season where we have to pause and say to ourselves, we're not doing anything. Nobody cares that you have a building that has nice floors and chairs. Nobody cares. They care about what you do in the world. That's why young people don't care. Because they say, all you want me to do, come and hear you sing songs, tell me I'm going to hell, point out my failures, preach at me, and then give my offering and send me home and tell me to come back next week for more of this great life. You want me to come every week, but you don't care about my children, my kids. They're sitting in the back of the church screaming and yelling and bored, been there for four hours listening to you talk. At some point in your life, that's not doing anything. It shouldn't be that, that organizations that are not necessarily churches are doing more than you. It shouldn't be that you 
a lover of God, you say, have not really made an investment in the world around you that you can measure. This family has a house because I helped them get in it. Talk about housing and homelessness. Homelessness is sad. You see all these homeless people? I can't believe they're. What have you done to help anybody get a house? So at some point, it matters that we say, I can do something. You got to do something. Or you're just talking. And that doesn't matter. You want to change the future? Change your thinking. Stop being static. Stop being stagnant. I love the graphic that we used this month. A girl standing on a rock, looking down at stagnant water. And that's what some of us are doing all of our life, looking down at stagnant water. No movement, no change in your marriage, no change in your life, no change in your finances, no change in your confidence, no change in your determination, no change in your grade, students, nothing. You're just standing there. It's time to ask God for something. It's time to believe God for something. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that we would all grow today, that these last few minutes have been helpful, that they would open their hearts and their minds to hear the need to do something and not just complain about the world, but make a real difference in the world. And Father, I give you praise and glory for your calling on our lives. My job is not just to get people to come sit in here and listen to me talk or get online and hear me talk. It's about getting people to move forward in their life and not be stagnant. Thinkers, may they begin to do things that make a real difference. In Jesus' name, amen. You don't know Christ, this is the time to make that decision. If you've not been walking with God, it's the time to say, hey, God, I need you in my life. I need to make a difference. I need to, I need, I need to not, just, not just talk about it. I want, I want your life to work through me. I want my money, my resources, my life to be a vessel in the hand of God to disciple people, to help people be better. And it starts with relating to you. So, Father, may people who don't know you as Savior never gave their lives to Christ. May this be the moment they pray this prayer and say, Jesus, come into my life, my family, my home. Be real in our life. And I give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is Ricky Temple, Pastor Ricky Temple here in Savannah, Georgia. I love you being with us. Overcoming by faith is a church I pastor, and it's a joy to have you in our life. If we can pray for you about your commitment to Christ, there's something on the screen right there that you can reach out to, and we'd be glad to pray with you about that commitment to Jesus Christ. We've talked so much about people who are interested in online membership. Some of you are not going anywhere. You're just hanging around. I want you to reach out to us. Let us know you're interested. My email address, if you're interested, is pastor at overcoming byfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. Let me know. So I'm interested in being a member, Pastor Rick. I want to connect with you and I want to build an online team. I want to be a part of that online membership. You may live in another city. You may just be tired of church. You don't want to come in a building. It's okay. We want to reach you where you are. You know, the Bible said go to all the world, whether it be in person or online. However, I can go to you and reach you. I want to do that. So thank you for being with me. Email me again. Let me know if you're interested in membership. I love you. I pray for you. Pray God's blessing in your life. And I pray you believe that God's good. Next week, I'm going to talk about devotion. You know, until you're devoted, nothing changes. One of the biggest reasons why I think I never saw certain victories in my life is because I wasn't devoted enough. I wasn't determined to be devoted. I want you to be so. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Have a great day. Walk in victory. Bye-bye. Be blessed. Well, I pray you're blessed by today's message. I hope you see what Peter learned, the importance of being willing to change. 
So let me pray for you that God may help broaden your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for those who've listened today. May it enhance their life and give them a chance to broaden their reach and touch more people in more lives. I thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't miss the following message on devotion. How important it is to be not just a person who's determined, dedicated, and diversified, but a person who is also focused on being devoted. Sometimes you're not devoted enough to receive what you pray for, but you make sure you join me next time as I share that word with you. It's gonna be great. Hope you were helped today. Let's watch you protect your future by improving your thinking and getting away from stagnant thinking. I'll see you next time. Hey, this is Pastor Rick. I hope you have enjoyed listening to our messages. I want you to like and share and subscribe. We appreciate you being with us today and help us share the word. Remember, you get to be a part of this. Thank you for being on the team.